You know what really sucks? It's like when you go to pour yourself a cup of coffee and you realize your mug smells like socks or dirty rags. I don't know why I was smelling the mic, but maybe offset these aromas. It just smells isn't that like, the worst? It just smells like burnt chocolate. Well, burnt chocolate isn't. Oh, dang. That's pretty potent. Yeah. You think it's going to ruin the brew? There's only one way to find out. Yeah, it will ruin the brew. <laughs> There's no way to find Nothing out. Nothing like a little more complexity. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us once again on an episode of the Coffee Roaster Warm-Up Sessions podcast. Friends, I do not, uh, I'm not lying when I say I really enjoy the feedback, the reviews that I read, the emails, the messages, the comments. Um, I really enjoy them and we're listening and uh sometimes actually oftentimes you guys inspire the topics that we have on, on the podcast so if you have any questions or you want us to cover something whether that's anything from nfts to birds or photography uh coffee whatever it is feel free to reach out and suggest that to us we're always looking for new topics to dissect and talk about today a couple of you have reached out and asked, how do we start a coffee roasting company? How do we start a coffee cart, uh, some kind of coffee business? What's the process? Because let's be honest, starting a coffee business or a business in general is intimidating. Anything to do with the IRS and the city and the government, you, it's just like 10 times more uh, anxiety. So uh, today, that's what we're going to break down a little bit. Of very practical steps on what do you need to do? to start a coffee roasting company. But before we dive into that, of course, we're gonna pour some batchy, take a sip, see what we're tasting. Um, we're dropping a new coffee this weekend. So today, if you're listening already, the coffee would have already dropped. Uh, we're dropping uh, a new coffee, a coffee that we have not yet ever released, in origin, we have not yet ever released. Uh, so it's gonna be very interesting. Um, yeah, not sure if we nailed the brew on this one, so we'll give this a taste. But, Sergi, any thoughts on this new coffee? What is it? Uh, give us a little breakdown. What is it? We, so, oh, okay. We're actually talking. I mean, it's something I've been holding on to talk about. Cause <laughs> last time, I almost let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> the cat so, out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. um, this is a fun coffee because we were actually not intentionally yeah. sourcing this coffee. Um, we kind of had some samples uh, to find a replacement Guatemalan coffee and ordered it with the batch of samples from our new friends. Uh, is it Mercanta? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Something like that. Or Mercon. No, Mercanta. Mercanta, yeah. Uh, so we made some new friends, recommendation from another friend, uh, got in some samples and really enjoyed our samples and we first held it off went back recupped them again and this coffee from burundi kept just it stuck out the whole time the whole cupping yeah once again like it's always a really good sign to see a single coffee stand out over multiple cupping tables right. it's especially because we do them all blindly we don't mm -hmm. want any bias i don't want to you know it's kind of hard because like I go and order these samples. I know what's coming in. I yeah. know what the tasting notes are, what to expect. But at the end of the day, you do it blindly. So there's no bias, no nothing. And yeah. it's always nice to be like, 
oh, cool. That was the coffee we chose yesterday mm -hmm. or, you know, a couple days ago. Yeah. But anyways. And correct me if I'm wrong. We were looking to replace our uh, Guji Uraga. That was one of our goals. So I said we weren't necessarily right. seeking because we have some another Guji afloat, but yeah. we were looking to add another coffee into the mix. And this coffee, for me at least, I know you may not always agree with this, but for me, this coffee reminds me of the Uraga in the way that the strawberry flavor in it is a similar flavor to the Uraga. It's not, um, uh, it's hard to frame because it's a very unique flavor. It's hard to describe because it yeah. is, this is a natural processed coffee, but it doesn't taste like a natural. If yeah. you get my drift, like Mark, you know, everybody always either supports you or clowns on you about the fact that you either love or hate naturals. Everybody clowns on me for hating naturals. I Depends on why. who you talk to, right? That's right. So I, I think, um, one, the fact that you were impressed with this coffee as a natural says a lot that this coffee has a much cleaner flavor. It doesn't have this intense fermentation on it that distracts you from the complexity it's, it's of the really, cup. It's really not boozy right yeah and it just has like it's just tastes like a nice complex coffee that doesn't give away whether it's a natural and anaerobic mm -hmm. or washed it's just a really solid coffee that you're like okay this is good like i'm enjoying this yeah. and to be honest um this is gonna be a stupid claim whatever and we need a whole other podcast episode on this but hopefully the processing doesn't get in the way of the coffee. And that's mm -hmm. stupid to say because, well, that's almost impossible yeah. because a washed has a flavor profile, honey, yeah, or mm -hmm. it, 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 it does have an impact no matter what. But how can we not allow processing to get in the way of the flavor profile as much as possible is what I'm looking for, mm -hmm. um, which it, it, that's a really big conversation. Don't... <laughs> Oh God, that, that can just be taken out of context. Like right. it just, there, yeah. there's so much that needs to be talked about. Maybe that's for another episode. But the reason why I really enjoyed this is because once again, I would not have said mm -hmm. right off the bat, Oh God, that's a natural, that's an anaerobic, that's a carbonic maceration, or even that's a washed. I, I would just be like, actually, well, I don't, it's yeah, just, I'm not sure. it's yeah. a great coffee, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I really enjoy about this. And it's uh, it's also an origin that we've never ever dropped before. This yeah. is a uh, Burundi Kayanza, uh, I think, um, from the farm, right? Ruvumu, Ruvumu number, number six. six. Yeah, um, I think that's the lot number. That's the lot from, number. Yeah. yeah, and so um, a Burundi coffee that I probably I would never have thought we that we would be serving Burundi coffees, but mm -hmm. they've been popping up like crazy everywhere. Yeah. Um, which is great. That means there's a sign of like things are getting better, you know, and yep. um, there's some potential there. But once again, like you said, we weren't really expecting to actually buy it. Like it was yeah. just like, oh, just, just throw it in the samples. See what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and we're actually from what the samples that we got, I was actually expecting us to buy another coffee. Mm -hmm. And we didn't end up buying that coffee because this coffee was just, yeah. you know, so much better and just offered something unique to the table. And yeah. um, that's another thing that I like about it. It's a flavor profile. It's very unique, but it's also so us, I think, yeah. because it has that stone fruit almost, I, I would say like a dried fruit, stone mm -hmm. fruit um, sweetness to it. It's just a really punchy, sweet coffee. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just, I love about it. And dude, uh, man, 
so just, it's just there's like so much good yeah. things to say because it's so unique like the cupping that we had literally today we, oh, yeah. we roasted the coffee yesterday and we usually try not to cup within like within 24 hours this was like within 12 hours um and uh we cupped the coffee today this morning and wow it was like i don't know what happened in the roast to do that <laughs> it was just like dang this yeah. i'm getting some apple that i've never gotten out of it i'm getting some rich like sweetness it's like cotton candy-esque like candied sweetness but then it had that rich like strawberry but then the yeah. caramel so cl- i don't know it was just complex and i like that so yeah that's that's what stuck out to me from the very beginning when we started getting close in our roast on it i kept tasting strawberry preserves mm-hmm. um i mean even down to the point of when we were making the label i couldn't decide whether I was going to put like cooked strawberry that was too long to fit on the label, Mm -hmm. um, strawberry preserve or strawberry jam and settled on strawberry jam because it kind of encompasses the whole essence of that. I think you put apricot jam. No, no way. Where's the label? Where is it here? Do we have it in here? Let's see. Nah, I'll I'll double check that. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway, the coffee does have a jam kind of cooked fruit flavor to it. Yeah, yeah, Um, It literally, it just tastes like this. I mean, that's the only way to yeah. describe it. It's cooked fruit. That's what it tastes well, like. Yeah. When yeah. I first, I couldn't get the strawberry, but I, all I was tasting was like apricot, like yeah. an apricot, compl- like an apricot flavor note that I haven't really tasted apricot this strong and this distinct clarity, mm-hmm. clear, clearly wise in probably any like, yeah. recent coffee. So friends, regardless, like if you're looking for, and we just pulled it on espresso, yeah, a coffee that's it that it wasn't it was a roast that's that wasn't dialed. Yep, but on espresso, man, with milk, it stands so well. It's just, yeah, it cuts through a lot. That's one of the great things about this coffee. Yeah. I would be happy to have it on batch. I'd be mm-hmm. happy to have it on pour over, cold mm-hmm. brew, uh, espresso. It's very versatile very. for different brew methods. So yeah. we could use yeah. the whole the rest of the podcast. Keep talking about how cool this coffee is and how much I'm pumped to be dropping it this weekend. So, but that, that's, that's that folks. Uh, it's officially live. Go ahead, jump on our website, mirrorcoffeeroasters.com. Check it out. Give it a whirl. Um, it's a tasty one, you know? So I'm not to keep talking about coffees, but I do want to throw out the fact that if you're grabbing the Burundi, you might as well tag on another bag and that bag should be the decaf. (laughs) Because what oh happened on no, today's we, cupping we can't talk about that. was insane. <laughs> I mean, de- this batch, like all of our roasts were just insane this week. Like the Burundi came out insane. The decaf is just, we mistaken it for our freaking anaerobic processed regular That's coffee. crazy. That Guys, was we, wild. We, we cupped it blindly. Yeah. And we're, we're both like, okay, this is actually probably one of the better coffees. And I forgot that I even put the decaf on the table. Yeah. And then when the reveal happened, I was like, Okay, that's in, that's pretty insane. Yeah, so, pretty wild. Guys, yeah, yeah, 100%. But anyways, uh, we don't have much time here left, but we want to add as much value as we can to the people who are looking to start a coffee business, a coffee roasting company, mm-hmm. and that's intimidating. Um, it's not. It's the stuff that I actually was not looking forward to when we started Mir. Um, it, just, it just feels like there's so much, but really it's not quite as scary as you may think. Um, what 
helped me was how can we break this down into small steps and just take one step at a time? Yeah. What can we do next? So what's the first thing that you'd recommend people to do? I mean, the classic thing is a name as easy as uh, cheesy as that sounds. You need a name Um, because that uh, the importance of a name also has to do with your identity as a brand, mm-hmm. um, but also the design that you're gonna impl- implement yes. for the whole brand. And it's gonna create some form of um, ethos and vision around what you wanna do as a roasting company. Yes. So that that's one of those things, like I would take your, take your time on it, don't rush it. Um, if you're looking to start a coffee company, like just roll with, ideas of names process Mm -hmm. that with people i don't know for how long but we before we even took any practical steps yeah (laughs) we were throwing around wild like too long long of names you know what i mean so we took our time with no pressure and i think that that's kind of unique to our situation so if you're looking to start a company um we've always said the same thing is make sure you're working for in in the industry first but while you're working you can dream yeah. And part of the dreaming phase is thinking up of yeah. a name. And the thing is, having a name isn't just about having a name. I know that sounds obvious, but when you have a name, it actually means that you can start, um, you get social media handles. Right. If the name is taken on social media, which right now it's getting more and more difficult because, you know, people are creating Instagram accounts and TikTok accounts, YouTube accounts every single day. And if your name is taken, that will actually make it a little more harder for people to find you yep. if they have to sort through, you know, a couple other variations or, you know, like you might have an, the name taken and you might think that you could just put an underscore. Well, you need to keep that in mind that now people have to think about an underscore, yep. which sounds kind of lame, but it's actually, people actually don't want to do the work for anything. So you have to be kind of mindful of that. But not only that, um, you need a name to get your social media, start your website. If the website is taken, that's a really big problem. Um, The name is actually also going to enable you to put it on your business license. It's going to be the name on your your business uh, debit card. Um, It's really the foundational uh, um, point where you can you know, jump off from and yeah. head forward. So, but that being said, once you get a name, um, solidify the accounts, solidify potentially a website. Yep. Um, and the next thing I would say you would need to do is figure out if you're doing a coffee cart, this may not apply to you as much, but if you're doing a roasting company and you, you need a roast out of a space, find where you're going to be roasting. Mm-hmm. So this could either be, you know, a roast, like, and this also really does depend also on the size of your um, roasting. So if it's really small, let's say, yeah, like you're roasting on a bullet, you could do that at home, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't really need very much infrastructure. We bought a 12 kilogram uh, machine, uh, which it's a beast. It's, yeah. a, I love it. It's a freaking it's workhorse. Um, you can't have that in your garage unless you have a massive garage, you know, um, you need space for it and you need a dedicated space. So figure out where are you going to do all your packing, all your roasting, and think about also where you're going to store your green coffee. You need at least space for at least three, three or four sacks of coffee, you know, big 70 kilo sacks of coffee that, that all needs to take up space. And it may not be as much space as you think. You don't need a, you know, a giant warehouse, but 
you need to be mindful about that. Yeah. And on a broader scheme of things, you have to consider, are you within city limits or are you like in the county? Um, Because that is going to depend on one, just all of the regulations that the city has and all of the requirements when it comes to air. Mm-hmm. Um, that also will depend on whether you buy like a gas, uh, a gas and propane, natural gas, or I mean, that's what I said, natural gas or propane, mm-hmm. or you're going to do um, something like a Loring, which already has recycled air. So it's going to depend on what you need to purchase. So I'd look for that area and get all the regulations from the city about that area. In our case, it was pretty unique because there's not a lot of roasting companies starting starting up. Mm-hmm. So to a degree, there was not a lot of regulations to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I know talking to other folks is depending on literally could be a block away and you're yeah. in a different part of town yeah. which re- has different requirements yes. and you might have heard of your friend who is roasting on a one kilo two streets away um, yeah. but i, I would cl- clarify all of that before you make those big choices in the build out mm-hmm. um, because that that's going to affect yes. a lot of things little thing that g- caught us off guard is um you mentioned a little bit is green coffee and shipping green to your roastery Oh, um, yeah. you have to consider the weather. So we're, um, more or less out in the County and because there's mm-hmm. so much acreage around, there's not really space for semis to navigate that area. Yes. We are on a semi truck route, which helped, which helps, yeah. but our property is so big that a semi has to drive in to unload it. And yeah. that's very difficult. It's challenging. That's actually affecting not only our logistics, but that's affecting pricing. Yes. So if you're in a place where, um, like right now, this office is more of an industrial area, that may actually reduce your shipping costs. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, just to clarify, also, if you're roasting on a loring, you still need some gas. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that, but, yeah. it's, uh, but the loring will change, actually, also regulations because it's recycling air. Yep. So you might be able to get away with some things over the other. Um, I mean, if you're starting a coffee roasting company with a Loring, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> no, just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, totally. uh, but yes, that's actually a really solid point is that location um, is going to define a lot of things in your startup. Mm-hmm. So before you even get the business license, before you get funding, uh, the location is going to um, like what you said, like I, I, I mean, that's so true. Literally a mile away, you could cross a county line or you could cross a city line. Yep. And all of a sudden the regulations are, you know, 25% more tighter and stricter or the, you know, it could be 25% less strict and they actually yep. don't care what you do, yep. you know, Hey, just don't bother your neighbors and that's you should fine. be fine, yeah. you know? Um, and so those things are actually going to change a lot because it's going to change uh how much funding you need for mm-hmm. the coffee roasting company how much uh what your build out's going to look like um it's going to change uh just yeah m- mostly those things and that's like the biggest thing when you're looking at getting a coffee roasting company i'm also really glad that you brought up the shipping thing because that's also something th- something to really consider yeah um and so uh not that you can't do it you know any other way we we just found ways to work around it yep. it takes more work but it but it works yeah. you know and so um yeah so figure out your your where your location is going to be um and depending on where you lie 
uh, where your location is, do a lot of research into regulations and permits and inspections and all those little things that, you know, it's just, that's just a really big part of it. Yeah. And really, you know, with most with most government things, uh, inspections and permits, it's uh, it's a hassle. Talk to any business owner in the food industry or whatever. <laughs> it's a hassle. You have to do a lot of research. And we can't tell you what you need because literally every county line yeah. within a very, even within the Bellingham city limits or outside, it's already changing, which means, you know, get on the website, do research. Yeah. I'm already emailing people for the future of Mir, where we're going to move. I'm already emailing the city and calling and making sure things are clear and make sure you have them in writing so you can save them and build accordingly and plan ahead. Planning ahead will actually help you, uh, you know, uh, lower your costs. If you can do things right the first time, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier than doing it, you know, right after five, six, seven tries. Um, It just lower costs and gets you, uh, helps you be a little more intentional. It it just overall, it's going to be, there's so much that's ca- crossing my mind, but it's going to be so much better for you yeah. to plan ahead um, with the permits and all that jazz. Yeah, so. and we're we're talking about things like sinks, like drains, like very very practical things that you need to have that you may not even consider. Like for example, oh, it's just going to be a roastery. Like, what do I need a sink for? You yeah. know what I mean? What, what you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like things that may not seem necessary but yes. are required yes um so definitely figure those things out before you start um creating the actual layout of a roastery mm-hmm. or the cafe or whatever you're doing um right. two also like think ahead so yes. what are some things you would like to do like maybe five years down the line because you don't necessarily want to shortchange yourself and set yourself yes. up for too quick of growth and then all of a sudden you need to find a new space because you decided to brew cold brew and can cold brew yeah. and now you can't because that space doesn't allow you to do that yes. so yes. things like that like considering like roasting coffee and just selling um like ground or whole bean coffee that's a raw product you're not preparing that so yeah. there's a completely different regulations than if you would brew a cold brew yeah so yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to consider all of those things and put that in play like is this something you'd be interested in so yes. a little bit of market research will also help define what regulations you need to look into and a lot of that is figuring out you know what do you want to do as a coffee roasting company yeah. or as the coffee business whether mm-hmm. you're an importer or whatever it is figuring out what are you going to be doing and you're totally right if you can if you can figure out, then you can build a space that you can actually grow with. Yeah. I mean, it goes also goes back to, you know, buying a machine, um, get a machine that's not too small, but also not too big where it actually causes unnecessary challenges for you in the future. So that's, that's just, uh, some, some things to consider. Um, that, I mean, that could be a whole podcast in its own, but really just, just do some research, think critically, plan ahead, um, two, three years ahead. And, uh, yeah, so stuff like that. But uh the you know, what follows up with that is somebody reached out to us asking us about funding. How do you yep. find the funding for it? So our build out cost us uh close to um we did a lot of work by ourselves, found materials by ourselves, um, which helped. So if you do the work by yourself, it's a little cheaper. Our build out I think cost like five thousand dollars uh to <laughs> remodel remodel low. a small little space. Yeah. yeah. And so low. Uh, simply because we, you know, you connect with friends, connect with, 
you know, family uh, who has connections, connections are going to help you a lot, you mm -hmm. know, um, ask around, be humble uh, and r try to do as much work as you can by yourself. It's really going to solve um, some issues. If you have all the funding in the world, cool. You don't have to do anything. Just hire somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but chances are that's probably not the case yeah. for everybody. Um, but for funding also on top of that, uh, I emptied my savings account. I was going to buy a car. I literally emptied that for the coffee roasting company. Uh, a buddy of mine from Oregon was like, Hey, honestly, I just want to be part of it. Can I throw in a couple of grand? I'm like, yeah. perfect. We got a couple of grand from him. Um, family pitched in yeah. family was a really big one. Um, which was helpful. And then, uh, Sergi, you had a couple of friends that were also like, Hey, we want we could pitch in if you need to yeah right totally yeah we had we had a pretty good i would say friend community that was behind the vision that yeah. we had so with that said like if you're that's why it's so important about what we said earlier is like having a name and then in a sense having an ethos mm -hmm. and having a proper business proposal mm -hmm. um, because depending on who you're gonna reach out to to fund this project whether you know that's a bank because a bank is going to require a business proposal as well yeah. for a loan. Yeah. Um, or you're going to reach out to friends. You have to be able to communicate this vision and you actually have to have a plan and how mm -hmm. you're going to make money. How are you going right. to bring in the revenue? Right. So all of those things would just writing those out, preparing the materials, putting some thought and effort into that is going to go a long way. Mm -hmm. And also like getting, getting it in like in your brain, like being able to, off like el the classic elevator pitch like if it's just on paper but it doesn't sit right with you yeah, yet yeah. make sure it does because when you have to make that instant you know yeah. two minute pitch you have to and that stuff like that is going to be crucial towards finding the funding for it for sure because you're going to look for opportunities wherever but at the end of the day the best thing is people who already know you like friends yeah. family um second thing yeah. is we when we were looking for funding we found out that within our local banking there yeah. was an option to get a credit card not a full-blown loan but a credit card yeah. that had zero apr for 12 months and it could potentially it was like uh something like 20 grand or something like that it was a or 20 or 30 grand it was kind of a semi big credit card but it wasn't a full blown, maybe I'm wrong, but it was a bigger number yeah. um, that allowed you to have no APR for 12 months. So it kind of would be a boost if need Which, be. That being said, I maxed out two of my credit cards. Not yeah. <laughs> so that was exactly. like, uh, That's right. I remember. Hefty, like $10,000 yeah. maxed out. And then you're just like scurrying to pay it off. So your credit <laughs> score doesn't tank yeah. <laughs> for maxing it out. But yeah. you got to do what you got to do, you right. know, and it's, uh, who said starting a small business was ever easy? So, um, it's, it's hard. Yeah. You have to get creative. You have to find unique ways to get funding and really, um, this podcast, this episode is not about, you know, business tricks and tips, yeah. uh, but just throwing it out there. You need to be creative. You need to figure out ways that you can save hair, you know, you know, maybe find a second job for a, for a time period or do something. And that also means you should be a little wise with your spending. You mm -hmm. don't need 20 grinders when you start, right? You may not even need a grinder when you start. Yeah. It might be cool, but you don't need one, you yeah. know? And so those things will go far away because. Yeah. The key is to start creating revenue. 
Um, and yeah. then have enough capital to continue to funding reinvest. that. Yeah. So yeah. your the money is cycling. It's not just cut and dry like A to B to C, but sure. there's a cycle happening. Because what if you do need a grinder? Like for us, like yeah. out of nowhere, we signed a wholesale account that was wanting you know 50 ground, pounds of ground coffee. And yeah. the only grinder we had at that point uh, was the Forte. There is no way we're going to grind through that much yeah. coffee on a Forte on yeah. a small grinder. So we had to realize, okay, now we need an EK for the roastery. And then we also probably need a grinder to QC. So now we went from not needing a grinder to needing two. Yeah. So once again, like that's not what the episode is about, but it's a lot of really great tips and tricks that can help you um, cut on spending and what your initial upstart cost uh, needs to be to get the to get the ball uh, rolling. So, um, yeah, uh, I had something else in mind, but um, anything else that can come to mind? What do you think that we yeah. we might have missed? I think if I could sum everything up, some of the key elements would be um, think ahead, uh, don't think immediate. Because one of the things for us, like we realized that we're glad that we bought a 12 kg roaster instead of a smaller roaster. Um, time is going to be a, like of the essence, like you need to capitalize on time. So therefore roasting bigger batches or being able to roast smaller batches, like those things are going to matter in the long run. And that really has to do with defining one, what are you envisioning to serve? Like what kind of coffees? That is also going to depend on your demographic. Like, who are you trying to reach? So those ideas, which are going to be part of your proposal, uh, those ideas are key because it's going to help you make decisions not only immediately in a sense of like raising capital or the type of licensing you need, the regulations, but it's going to help you make decisions down the road when you start scaling. Um, It's much easier to scale when you're roasting on a 12 kg and all of a sudden you're roasting, I don't know, 10,000 pounds a month versus if you are on a 5kg yeah you might need to buy a new machine so think ahead and even things like we've said before on the podcast like okay you might need a sample roaster so what are you going to do with that so run through those scenarios ask questions again um it would be nearly impossible for us to um answer like every scenario on this episode Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so utilize the friends and the folks you have in your coffee community right now um reach out to roasting companies within your um like city in context for sure for sure yeah that's that's really uh that's really excellent and um once again i cannot state that it is so important to just be creative that you don't need everything that you think um, you, there's always loopholes. There's always something that you can figure out that you can save on, do things for a temporary time until you, until you go really. Um, and a lot of these things are also like, um, we can't really give you all the answers because a lot of things really depend on, uh, your business model, what yeah. you want to do. Exactly. Uh, it also depends on your local authorities, your governments, your permits, mm-hmm. buildings, what you have access to. Not one city is the same as the other. Yep you really have to get creative on that um, and figure out what works for you. So, but really at the end of the day, one step at a time, you start a bank account, a business bank account, separate your spending just on that bank account, save your receipts, um, classic thing. Uh, please, track. please remember an accountant. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Or, I mean, you could do it yourself really, yeah. but 
re- then you need to spend some time researching yeah. how should I do basic accounting? Yeah, exactly. um, who's going to do my taxes? Uh, maybe you do it yourself. Uh, it's also not that complicated when you're just starting off. Yeah. But it will take some hours of homework to figure out how to yeah. do those. But save your receipts. Keep your spending separate. Um, track track what you're buying. Track where your money is going so you don't overspend. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So trying to think. I'm pretty sure there's probably some stuff that we left out. But start, start a bank account and you know take things one step at a time. Yeah. You can do it. It's not impossible but it's not going to be easy and simple. Um, so yeah. And once again, also utilize your network. Like what you said, like a big thing is ask around, uh, people are willing to help. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, this podcast literally is a resource to help people. We're not the only ones that are willing to help. There's other people around that you can ask questions. And honestly, we could not have done it with a lot of key people in our yeah, network exactly couldn't have done it without mr velton who helped us oh, out yeah. a lot with sample roasting was just a helping supporting hand um gabby from red fox was very beneficial connecting us with the right people uh you know uh edwin from onyx yep. was beneficial like yeah i the network in the community was very yeah. very helpful so yeah for sure i can keep on and on and on about yeah. all those things for sure but Friends, hopefully this was beneficial in some way. Once again, leave your comments, questions down below. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a review if this was beneficial. I read every single review, folks. Um, And uh, send us a DM, an email. We want to be a helpful resource to anybody who's, um, you know, pondering these things or is stuck or whatever it is. Yeah, we're just a helpful resource that we want to keep helping other people um, during this process and journey. So a little side note like little pause on the whole review thing. Are we going to be that podcast that reads a review? I was going not? to start that. Okay, okay. I was going to start I, I'm that. I'm thinking about it. I kind of like but it, I but it's also like kind of it. cheesy. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what time? We'll see. We'll see. The podcast is morphing into something <laughs> in the future. So <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, friends, uh, just for last couple words, uh, new coffee is out. Go pick up a bag if you... If, you, if that sounds tasty or intriguing to you. But friends, thank you so much for listening and watching. And remember, one last thing, folks. Reflect what's good. <laughs>